Welcome to On The Road, a show where automotive marketing professionals can learn from one another's journey. On this episode, we chat with Porsche Digital Business Consultant and longtime friend of mine, Marat Pashkovich. And he lays down some serious insights on how companies should approach digital. More specifically, we talk about the downside of overproduced videos and what you can do to make your content look different from anybody else. And we also talk about if you should have an in-house marketing manager or marketing team. The answer to that last one may surprise you. Ladies and gentlemen, let's go. So I'm Murat Poshkovich, uh, originally from Odessa, Ukraine. Been a gearhead, geez, ever since the immigration process of going from the Ukraine to the, to the United States. And at one point I lived in Italy in a small town called Pasascuro, which uh, I think is about a 20, 20 mile ride from Rome. And I remember seeing my first Ferrari, uh, obviously in red. And that that moment was it for me. Like I knew that I was going to be obsessed with cars. As a matter of fact, my first Lego set um, was purchased in Italy, and it was a little F1 car that could be transformed into a jet ski. And I think I transformed it back and forth on the plane ride to the United States about 20 times. But uh, professionally, I uh, started in automotive when I was 15, worked for a small performance shop in Dallas, Georgia, E&E Motorsports. So learned the ins and outs of building engines and doing five-speed swaps and setting up drift cars, the whole nine. Um, I've had the pleasure of <laughs> importing JDM cars from Japan, uh, worked with aftermarket brands uh, or tuners like Top Car, which is probably one of the largest Porsche tuners now, Darts Armored Cars, and did a really great brand placement with them in the Dictator movie with Paramount Pictures. That was pretty wild when we built three gold armored cars for the movie, and seeing that on the big screen was pretty rewarding. Worked with AMG for close to two and a half years, so managed the AMG Private Lounge, which is the largest um, automotive. Well, it's the largest online platform that any OEM has. So super cool. You have to have uh, AMG VIN to get access, but um, it's got kind of two sides to the online platform, which is the all the digital content. So video shoots, pictures from worldwide events, kind of pre-releases, and then they've got a huge forum where owners can talk about the latest cars and where they're going to meet up. Really, really cool platform, and then kind of headed up uh, digital content for the Americas and English-speaking countries. And then uh, my latest role being with uh, Shift Digital and Porsche Cars North America and uh, overseeing digital business consulting for all 54 dealers in the southern part of the United States and uh, absolutely love it. It's the coolest job, uh, which doesn't even feel like a job anymore. 
automatically cooler than me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like why? I don't, I don't do like all I hear is I don't do anything cool with my life. I went to college and worked, and now I drive go karts. Like, ah, right, uh... <laughs> I can I can work and drive go karts. That's cool. Like, I'm uh, all about that. Right, right. Is it kind of one of those jobs where? people go Marat help help tell me what to do or is it more of a look what we did and then you come in and kind of course correct so there's some of that uh there honestly it's a it'd probably be a 50 50 balance there's hey here's what here's what we've been doing for the past quarter are we doing okay yeah yeah or the smaller dealers that don't have the necessary manpower or know how Mm. Or like, hey, what do we do? Yeah, help, help me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. So, is your are your metrics based off like just revenue for the from each dealership? Is it a total? Is it a region? Uh, regionally, so area south. Oh. But of course, I look at dealer per dealer. So we look at mm-hmm. quarterly performance. I mean, it depends on how often I work with them. So if I'm there sure, every sure. month, then obviously I'm analyzing monthly performance. Uh, mm-hmm. So, that makes sense. But we're looking at well, yeah, we're looking at close rates, conversion rates, you know, web traffic. Mm. Um, there's a ton of KPIs that we analyze. What's your daily? What do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sit on planes uh, and, 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 <laughs> and 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 read. Um, yeah. No, it's listen. I have one of those jobs where it's not even a job anymore. Mm-hmm. I truly love what I do. I'm a huge gearhead and and techie. So for me, I, I truly enjoy every moment of what I do. So I could sit there and I could work through the night, um, just out of pure fun and kind of re- re- yeah, research what, what's the latest and greatest in the industry and how my dealers are performing and, uh, and then come up with a new strategy for them. So, cool. but I, I mean, outside of that, uh, I don't know. I'm pretty domesticated. I love to cook. Um, nice. yeah, I love to get behind the wheel of my SIM, uh, kind of like Chris, mm. Do you have it? Are you a iRacing R Factor? No, you know what? I've I've stuck with uh, Gran Turismo Four. I think that's the latest one I have. Um, cool. But... No, there's nothing wrong with that actually. Like yeah. I I just broke Forza Six back out because Forza Seven just makes me angry. Yeah. You know? So I've I've got that and I, I enjoy it to this day. I I need to upgrade for sure. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're having fun, who cares, right? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. Do you do do you do any any real world car stuff too? Or yeah, so that's how I met Chris because you know back in the day in the drift days. Um, mm. But mostly it's it's karting because um, it's just more affordable and it's easy to squeeze in mm-hmm. opposed to mm-hmm. finding a trailer, throwing a car back on. I used to have a really gnarly RX7 FD RX7 mm. that uh, there was a full out track car, but. Ah, cool. Um, it's just no time. I, I literally spend two days at home before I get back out on the road. So I hear you. it's mostly I hear you. catching up with uh, friends and family and getting, Sweet. Some, getting some good meals in. Hey, Chris, question. You haven't said a thing, but I'm assuming you already got started, huh? Oh, hey. Yes, sir. Hey, I, I figured. Okay, cool. So yeah. we're just going to keep going. That's yeah. sweet. All right, so Marat, given, given your skill set, given your position at Porsche, what do you think the future of retail is, but not only with car dealerships, but premium brands in general? Now, the future of retail, especially for premium brands, is video. And it's something that we do on a daily basis because we have FaceTime. We have Facebook video chat. You can chat on Instagram, Snapchat. Um, it's, it's the human element. 
and it also has to deal with the fact that people are are wanting the so we call Amazon experience, the one click, the let's do everything from home, from groceries to whatever you can imagine now, honestly. So that's that's kind of where it's turning to in the car industry, especially for the client base that Porsche has. It's it's that executive, it's the go-getter business type that's always on the run, traveling, has meetings. So for them, it's time management, right? Mm-hmm. So where I see is, you know, imagine a person sends in a lead for a car for a 911 that they're interested in. So typical response is an email, right? And a majority of what you see in those email responses, they all seem pretty canned. So almost like a computer wrote it out. Mm-hmm. And there's no concierge VIP bespoke approach to it. And with video, you're able to show emotion, show the person that you care, and put a face to a name, which I think is really important. So immediately you build a connection. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And where where we're moving to is taking a 60-second video interval and including the brief face-to-face introduction, but then also walking around the vehicle that the person is interested in, doing an external walk-around and an internal, uh, just going over some of the key features of what that car uh, you know, has, uh, and I think it makes all the difference. The person has a better understanding. They feel connected. They feel cared for now, and they're more likely to go and visit the store and, you know, have a test drive. They also know who they're dealing with now, um, which, you know, which makes a huge difference. You know, I was actually, um, reading about an app this morning called Marco Polo, Mm -hmm. And it's basically its role was to replace email for communications by using video. Uh-huh. And so, you know, effectively, you send me a video, I send you a video, you know, Marco Polo. And um, the whole drive was to, you know, drive that higher level of engagement through video because you can see, especially when we live in the world of live streaming and et cetera, et cetera, right, where you can see with me what I see um, and cut out all the ambiguity of text and reading it and blog posting it da, da, da. Um, I'm totally with you and I mean you, you see that more and also to how we market because you know now you see more brands moving towards marketing purely via Instagram mm-hmm. um, you know you see a lot of uh, like Twitter videos and Facebook videos with call to actions at the end you know 30 second 60 second I mean I've even seen five and ten second bumpers that are just real quick click here to learn more yeah you know click here to buy now so I'm, I'm totally with you so in yeah, terms in terms of emails I think emails slowly dying out I mean we get bombarded by them I look at my Gmail inbox I've got 3,000 unread emails am I mm-hmm. ever gonna go through those no I mean the mm-hmm. ones that really stand out are you know the bills that I need to pay obviously and I have those kind of starred and they go into their own little folder but People just want it quick and easy. And that's, and, and moving away from email to text, I mean, I was telling Chris earlier, some of my dealers, when we've implemented this new strategy of video 
responses, we, we have, uh, and, and the way that we formulate emails now, that first line of communication, it's really short and sweet, but we have 99% text opt-in rates. So people wanna do business via text, super easy. Show me what you got, let me experience it really quick, and then let's get down on the numbers and, and get things worked out so I can finally have it in my driveway or get behind the wheel of it. So, and, and as far as Instagram goes, absolutely. Those little 30 second, 30 second videos or just pure lifestyle content, I can't tell you how many times I've scrolled through now. For when when I first started using Instagram, never would have have I thought that I would be scrolling through my feed, get stopped by an image, and then go and buy something. And one day I was scrolling through, and a dirty nails, bloody knuckles ad popped up with, I believe it was a GT2 RS, and it was when they set the ring record. Ah. And it had the GT2 RS with the outline of the ring in the background with mm-hmm. the lap time. Mm-hmm. And he just shot it in such a way. I was like, oh, no way, you know? And the car was an acid green as well, which pops mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. And so sure enough, I clicked on it. And two minutes later, uh, it was being set to my house. <laughs> <laughs> the print, you know? But yeah. and, they, and they do a ton of business that way. I mean, the way he angles his shots and their limited production runs. But I catch myself being interested and in being enticed by brands more and more often now those the luggage that has the built-in cameras that can follow you i can't tell you how many times i've clicked on that now mm-hmm. gone and visited the website and thrown down my you know reservation money for that luggage but well look at christie's christie's has sold they sold a six hundred thousand dollar piece of art mm-hmm. in instagram dms mm-hmm. If that is not proof of the pudding, I don't know what is. Mm-hmm. So in the automotive industry, let me tell you, I walked into West Palm Beach last week, and one of the guys that I work closely with that's more or less in charge of social media, he walks up and he says, guess what I just sold? And what did he sell? He sold $165,000 GT3 Touring in a painted sample color from a direct message. Not a single dollar behind it. Get out. Not a single dollar. He huh. did two images. He did one with, it was a color match key fob of the car. It was so it was in front of the vehicle. Mm-hmm. And I believe Porsche Worldwide and a couple of other accounts reshared the image. And so people like share more. So he does a full shot in front of the store. Very crisp, very clean shot. Mm-hmm. Gets a direct message. Sells the car to a collector up north. It works. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know, I know people that took deposits on the on the Rolls Royce Cullinan from Instagram stories just because they were using the Ro- Rolls Royce hashtag the Atlanta geotag so they were being seen by the entire Atlanta crowd uh, they're using the Cullinan hashtag it's it's all about consistency with social media as soon as you drop off you're you're dead but if yeah. you're on it every single day and your co- and your content's unique then you're 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 bound to hit a gold mine and that's that's what I tell everybody I work with is when you're creating a piece of content the first thing you should think about is is this easily replicable mm-hmm. if the answer to your question is yes move along mm-hmm. find something new to shoot or a new way of shooting it but 
if you're if you're bringing something interesting to the table, then uh, and and it can truly differentiate itself. And that's that's my one of my biggest goals for each one of my Porsche dealerships. I'm saying, listen, use your geography, use your city, the landmarks, whatever it may be, to differentiate yourself. Mm-hmm. I don't want to mm-hmm. see the same repetitive tier tier one content on your social channels. That doesn't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't tell me your story of why I should go and buy with you or shop with you. But give me a walkthrough of your facility. You know, do an interview with your gold master tech that's been with you for 20 years that knows how to work on absolutely everything and can do concord restorations. Mm-hmm. 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 That's what's going to be like, okay, that's, that's that grassroots effect that us car guys and, and, and diehard, you know, brand addicts, that's what we go for. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for, for the new clients, you know, that, that kind of content might not work so well. It's more or less the in city kind of lifestyle, like, parking in front of the Biltmore somewhere or mm-hmm. the Tennessean hotel, whatever it may be downtown here mm-hmm. in Knoxville. And they can relate. They're like, Oh, you know, like that could be me, you know, getting out of the car. Uh, I could see myself parked there and it's rolling up. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. you know, I said this to Chris and I were talking in the conversation a while back. We were saying, you know, people have access to more information and more data than ever before. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the, I'm sure going through somebody's head, they're just like, there's no way you can sell all that stuff via Instagram. Like that's ridiculous. But every user has a smartphone. Every user has the ability to look up any information they need about a product or service. And have probably made 85 to 90% of the decision-making before they even get to you. Mm-hmm. Right. They've, they've already pre-qualified themselves. And how easy is that for the customer? Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what I want. I have my monies and you've made it super easy for me to buy. Thank you. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I hear you. I yeah. Definitely hear yeah. You. You, you, I mean, you hit on a key statistic. I was telling Chris, the buyer now visits 1.2 dealerships before they go and make a purchasing decision. So essentially one dealership. Mm-hmm. So how do you become that one and the point two? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. They, exactly. Already, they already know what they want. You just yeah. got to sell them on your experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that's, this, I think that's a sticky point that I think in the, for smaller businesses they struggle with is, rather than a, they don't appropriately identify their customer. And so they spend a lot of time maybe marketing to the wrong person who would probably align with another brand really, really easy. And they're just trying to force it rather than maybe focusing on people who already know kind of what they want. Like you're already in their selective set. Mm -hmm. And so now it's more like you said about making it that premier experience, making them, making yourself their first choice making the buying um, decision easy, you know, reducing that buy pressure, Uh Um, other things like that in order to get them to, you know, commit really more so than it is to, are you interested in my product? So, yeah. And I I think the other thing is just being clear. Another colleague of mine, she works in the fitness industry, Pilates and yoga, all these other things. And she does a lot of social media marketing in that space. And so we, we talk pretty often over coffee. And one of the things she had brought up was that, you see so many, you see so much ego in a lot of marketing that just makes the messaging unclear for the customer of what to do. So they don't do anything. It's, you know, it's, it's too shiny and flashy with no call to action. It's not specific enough of what you need to do to get the thing you want, the thing that you want. You know, it, it maybe, maybe be too complicated to really get engaged with. 
And so conversions will suck because the customer looks at that and either goes, well, that's neat or nah, and scrolls on to another thing. And with so much noise out there in the marketplace, that noise can be a killer for you if you don't make it really easy for people to understand how to get the thing that you're showing them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, I completely yeah. agree. Going back to, back to content creation, you mentioned that keeping it unique and non-replicable was kind of key, right? Like it needs to hit that, that mark. But there's an argument that we've experienced and some of our clients experienced that it takes a lot of effort and resources to create content like that. So we talked to, to AEM Electronics last week, and that was kind of the main takeaway from his conversation was, you know, you should swing for the fence occasionally, but you should also primarily be hitting singles. What's your take on that? I think there's the element of, yes, you should take example from the best in the industry, but don't just follow along the same path and throw your product in there and have your version of the best. Oftentimes, we overlook some of the easiest elements in marketing, like what, what's already given to us, mm -hmm. and we try to overproduce. And that's where you think that it's too expensive or that swinging for the, for the fence is, is it's too big of a goal. So mm. we've done videos, walk around videos where you have drones fly in and then there's a cut sequence, smooth transition into somebody with a gimbal walking around a car. It's perfectly scripted. It could almost be a tier one production, something that Porsche cars, North America or PAG produces. Mm. The feedback we get is it's too smooth. It's too commercial. When somebody comes in and does it from their iPhone or from just a little hand stick attachment on a GoPro and it has the shaky factor in it and it's it's from you know it's from the dealership floor or um, it's out somewhere by the beach if they're if it's a beach destination, whatever it may be, they actually like that more. They have that legit feeling of being there, being present almost like a one-on-one -on -one presentation for them than overproduced uh, video reel. It's not about, you know, hiring professional drones coming in and shooting and um, having these chase sequences and, and going completely overboard on, on the storyline. It's using what you've got. And again, sometimes it's, it's using your geography. In, in the car industry, I think it's, it's not enough of that. If you go and you look at automotive, it's the same thing. It's dealers taking pictures from the showroom floor, the same damn angles of the spoilers and the intakes and the wheels and the brakes and the headlights. And it's just like, how much can I have? Like turbo, hashtag turbo Tuesday and wings Wednesday and fast Friday. And Okay, I get that. But, you know, go out and do a little more lifestyle, make me feel like I'm part of that car and actually experiencing it with, with the cost of certain technologies and the way they've developed and becoming more affordable. You know, one of the things that we're going for is virtual reality test drives. Mm -hmm. So not only can you use an Oculus Rift, which is what 250 bucks now for, um, for different headsets, um, and then, of course, on the phone as well, you can have the same VR experience. But, you know, shooting something like that, I mean, there's companies that will come out and do it for 
dollars a pop and then mm-hmm. you get this ultimate you know two three minute experience you know driving the car experiencing we did we did a video with a gt3 a six-speed uh manual car at the pec and me being a gearhead there's nothing like actually being behind of that car behind mm-hmm. the wheel of that car mm-hmm. and either sitting shotgun or behind the wheel and feeling feeling the emotion the thrill that that visceral feeling there nothing replaces that however there not everybody not every dealership not everybody can experience that six-speed car at a track so the next best thing is to experience it in vr and it's shot in 16k and uh uh-huh and it has to be scaled back you know our our eyes are only capable of 2k really right so 4k experience in vr shot from the passenger seat to remove the motion sickness effect is the proper way to do that. And I was blown away and we had, it was kind of a top gear style presentation where the driver was extremely knowledgeable about the product. So as he was banging this car around, sliding it, doing like three sixties around the skid pad, he was calmly telling you about all of the new features of the GT three. And that for me, so if I'm a base 911 customer, or a Cayman S or a Cayman R customer or a GTS customer and I'm thinking of moving up into a 911 uh, GT car maybe they're not available yet or we haven't released them yet or I don't have time to go to the dealer and really try one out then that right there for me Marat the gearhead it totally sold me on the car I wouldn't honestly I can say 100% that I wouldn't need to go into on a test drive anymore. I would be like, this is the color I want. These are the carbon buckets. I want carbon ceramics on the car. LED headlights. Let's let's do it. Sign me up. You know, I want to go back to something you said a little earlier that I really liked. It, it was basically, you know, make it real. Don't worry about making it perfect. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of lean back to, like you said, the access, you know, the access to technology. You know, we have phones that can do VR now. You know, we have the ability to live stream from your kitchen, Mm -hmm. right? Um, There's really, I think it's really more up to the creativity of the person and also their ability to be a little bit more vulnerable, transparent, I think, and take a little bit more risk Mm -hmm. that um, will really let them, I think, take the next step of creative marketing to really draw that person in, right? A lot of of people now really want to feel like they're there. Like you say, whether you do it in VR or whether it's an augmented thing or whether it's a live stream or, you know, you name it, right? They want to be part of the experience, not just watching the experience. They don't want to be, they don't want to watch someone else experience the thing that they want to because it's off-putting, right? It's not as much fun to watch someone just do a video of a track day if I'm not engaging in some way Uh because then you're just like, well, that person's rich and they're doing their own thing and I'm not them and so forget it. But when yeah. you feel part of that community, whether you're a follower or you're, you know, in a group chat or whether you're in a VR scenario where things you can move things around or AR or mm-hmm. whatever you need to do, right? There's a lot of tools that come, you know, that are in your pocket probably right now that you're just not using. Absolutely. We're, we're I think we're overthinking the process a lot of times mm-hmm. and over t- overthinking the content creation. When we have so many basic elements in front of us that we're not using it. So, okay. Maybe if we break this down a little bit too, to the, 
to the tactical component. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm I'm mom and pop shop. I heard what she said. I'm I'm in. What do I do? In terms of in terms of what content creation deployment give me give me a... yeah let's let's start with content creation right like do i pull out my phone and start live streaming everything do i do i call an agency and ask them to help me what do you think i should do what would you do so first off it's it's analyzing you know manpower within the man, mom and pop shop mm-hmm. do you truly have somebody in house a that understands it and that doesn't mean the owner's daughter or cousin who has a thousand to ten thousand followers on Instagram. <laughs> um, that's that, a lot of times that's the case. Oh, you and well, I can be best. You and I can be best friends now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so my daughter's great at Facebook. What does that mean? Oh, she gets like a hundred likes whenever she posts herself in bikinis. I wonder why. <laughs> I want no part of that. I do not want to go to jail. Right. So. No, so actually having somebody that gets social and mm-hmm. understands the brand well and mm-hmm. can represent the brand well, mm-hmm. but th- that has the time for it. Mm-hmm. Because as I mentioned before, consistency is the key element to success in social. So that's that's the first thing we analyze, right? And if if they don't have somebody in-house, then obviously the next best thing is to to hire an agency and that's a completely different process because you have to find an agency that you can align with that understands your business very well. Mm-hmm. So in the car industry, yes, you can go out, you can find a ton of automotive specific agencies, but do they truly understand your brand? And if you are a luxury slash, you know, high end sports car manufacturer, a premium brand, does that agency truly understand premium and how to market to those customers and what kind of content needs to be produced? Or mm-hmm. just do they know Ford really well and how to mass market to those people? Because mm-hmm. there's a huge difference. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. So that's one battle. My thought process on social um, and really good digital content is having somebody in-house. There's, there's nothing can replace that. Mm-hmm. So, because you need to have constant updates. If we, if we go and we look at Porsche, and somebody that does it best on a daily basis, the the go to is a champion Porsche in Pompano Beach, Florida. Mm-hmm. So they have a constant update um, across most of their social channels. Uh, they're not really focused on YouTube much, but their Instagram is absolutely killer. Um, they have one guy that manages the social platforms on the site and there's a constant feed of new cars coming in. It's always unique imagery. There's great call to actions because they have such a great following. People are able to swipe up and go straight to vehicle description pages or schedule servicing straight from Instagram, which is killer. Mm-hmm. Right. So as soon as new inventory comes in or they partner up with uh, aftermarket wheel manufacturers, so as soon as they get a new wheel in, they drop the car, it looks phenomenal, they go off-site and, and shoot the car. So being in-house, I think, is, is the best way uh, of approaching it. Are you thinking being in-house from a social 
management perspective or from content creation, all the above? I think if you have all of the above in-house, that's that's kind of the dream that any brand can have. So having somebody in-house that understands <laughs> the brand and the product that can be a phenomenal content producer day in and day out, you mm-hmm. know, Monday through Sunday, if, mm-hmm. if available. And, and a lot of times in the dealer world, there's no dealership where, well, I'll take that back. There might be five, okay, across the United States where each salesperson is truly busy nine to five, where they mm-hmm. have no time for anything else besides closing deals. But a majority of them, you'll walk into a store and, and you can you can you can take this away from automotive as well. How many times have you walked in a store and you see you see salespeople just be bopping around or on their phones or just bored out of their mind? Mm-hmm. It's constant. Mm-hmm. So going back to the automotive world, I can't tell you how many times I walk into a dealership and there's some there's salespeople just chilling on Facebook or just looking down at their phone when they could be doing video walkarounds or taking cars off site and doing something unique. Look, it doesn't take long to get a good feel for how your camera works on your phone and then download an editing software on there. And five minutes later you have a DSLR like shoot from your iPhone. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's easy. And, and part of what I do is going in there and training people and get them excited and showing them good examples of salespeople that are absolutely killing it with social that are pushing four to six cars a month from direct messages on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. Right. Right. It's possible. You just have to have the initiative and the know-how. For sure. Well, Hey man, I, I'm sorry to kind of cut you short, but I, I do have to run. Um, this is good. We should, we should find some other time to connect because I, I really like the way your brain works. I'd love to talk to you more. Absolutely. Um, it was it, a pleasure. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of things you said got me thinking of some other projects. Um, and so I really just, it was a pleasure talking to you. Likewise. Yeah. I think you, Chris and I, we definitely need to have a nice powwow and sit down I think in person. Yeah, for sure. Have some for coffee sure. and, and just brainstorm. It'll yeah. Awesome. Let's find, let's find some time and we'll make like a travel date or I'll fly over there or we'll find some way to get that done. We'll do it. Right? We'll do it. Cause we'll I think that'll cool definitely be worth it. Awesome. Cool. Pleasure, right, man. Davin. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. On behalf of our guest, Davin and myself, thank you all for listening. And you guys know the drill. Give us a rating on iTunes, and if you haven't done so already, subscribe. If you have any follow-up questions for ourselves or our guest, have a guest request, or would like to be a guest yourself, feel free to reach out to us at studioroad.com. See you next time.